No Freddie Mercury, it's just virtual reality. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cockhurts. Today, we will discuss virtual reality. But why virtual reality? Let's find out. But wait, what is virtual reality? Imagine wearing a headset and jumping into a world. A world completely anew. Virtual reality or VR is a technology that accommodates us in a virtual environment. We play around in that environment using for example VR goggles or other mobile devices. You know it is the coolest transition of viewing experiences going from 2D to 3D. But hold on, why should we even care about it from a cognitive science perspective? Using such virtual environments for experiments in cognitive science permits naturalistic visual stimulation, further enriching viewing conditions of basic conventional stimuli. For example, if you want to study the perception of apparent motion, lab-based studies would give you a 2D stimuli, but a naturalistic scenario would study objects in an open space. As you move along the road, for which VR would be super cool. For further readings, see what a random dot kinematograph is and how you can enhance it in a VR environment. So taking advantage of such a paradigm allows researchers to make complex and realistic experimental scenarios and assess the behavioral and physiological response during testing. Let's check out how and where VR has been used in research. You're playing in the park, hanging out with your family and friends, visiting new places. Such scenarios fill us with happiness, joy and excitement, right? These positive emotions benefit our well-being, longevity, quality of life and cognitive functioning. However, not everyone has regular as well as easy access to such experiences to garner positive emotions from. One creative solution to enable this access is through the medium of virtual reality. How? It enables users to safely experience various real life or even imaginary situations while allowing tight control over the stimuli. VR is therefore a suitable candidate for promoting a positive experience with its immersive and interactive power, allowing the user to feel as if they are physically there as well as the feeling of being there with others. So there is spatial and social presence. Most VR studies have natural settings like vegetation or water to align with the benefits of natural environments on emotions. Many studies have found out that VR consisting of virtual nature has increased positive emotions and significantly reduced negative ones with a positive influence on physiological arousal. Those who participated in this study also found the VR experiences very relaxing helping them to you know further relieve their stress it has been shown that pairing vr positive emotion and exercise can be highly beneficial such that a virtual park that induces joy combined with stationary cycling motivated users greatly but what are the potential cognitive mechanisms behind this positive vr experience let's find out it has been argued that highly immersive vr is arousing able to capture and hold users attention trick their senses and distract from adverse effects and sensations vr and our brain may share some similarities the embodied simulations for the brain this involves coding sensory information to enable a mental model of the space around our bodies which helps predict future actions 
we are to share these characteristics of integration of sensory inputs and predicting future actions to have good vr experience so we can call this an embodied technology that simulates the external world and body however it cannot simulate internal simulations as they are more complex if we combine vr and the brain external and internal their characteristics can actually help us understand the why and hows of vr to be apt for inducing positive emotions so hold on to this word embodied as we might encounter it in further sections another aspect that has been studied using vr is pain yes that feeling but how a study conducted at a university medical center look found that vr can actually help reduce pain specifically decrease pre perceptual and perceptual brain activity following a painful electrical stimulus this opens up avenues to use vr as potential non pharmacological treatment for pain particularly in elderly patients but how did they find this participants had to go through three experimental conditions with the order of the three conditions being randomized across them so in one they actively interacted with the vr environment in one passively that is no interaction with the vr and in the third they were not shown any vr but just a black screen these groupings were done to see the vr effect and compare them with sophistication all the participants receive noxious electrical stimuli at random intervals in all the groupings so that their brain activity was also measured by eeg and uh, they had to report their pain scores after each condition so they found that in the active vr condition where participants interacted with the environment their pain scores significantly decreased than passive and no vr conditions the participants age showed a significant correlation to pain scores wherein the older the subject the larger the effects of vr pain reduction active vr condition was shown to change the experience of pain by modulating preperceptual and perceptual brain processing vr is also being used to make textbooks alive to improve learning and memory from going on virtual trips to a museum to flying through the solar system to learning the anatomy through vr this experience is new and an exciting way to learn just put on a headset and interact with the lesson by navigating through the layers of the skin the muscles and organs reminder what i told you to hold on to yes let's take a deeper dive inside vr and how embodied cognition can be viewed in terms of vr starting from the basics according to jerry fodder the author of modularity of mind a system can be considered modular if its functions are made of multiple dimensions or units to some degree thus modularity of mind is the notion that a mind may at least in part be composed of innate neural structures or mental modules which have distinct established and evolutionarily developed functions by proposing the modularity of mind fodor acknowledged that there are different levels of information processing this had an impact on scholars to study module centric expressions of human cognition solely from a symbolic point of view until the advent of embodied cognition as a new proposition of the human mind 
therefore before embodied cognition became a new framework for studying the human mind cognitive sciences had a long time experiences with scientific reductionism it studies and describes mental processes underlying conscious or unconscious behavior by creating experimental situations that exclude various factors and stimuli by leaving only one or a few of interest to be interested primarily in input system level modules we need to understand further that social cognition is fundamentally different when we are emotionally engaged with someone as compared to adopting an attitude of detachment following the advent of embodied cognition new intersubjective stimuli namely virtual agents can be proposed for studying embodied social cognition so we can study embodied social cognition with virtual agents yes affective and reactive virtual agents have the ability to simulate human behaviors and to present stimuli that trigger social interaction while providing a strong degree of experimental control and reproducibility it is also super cool to see that most advanced virtual agent platform simulation of emotional facial expressions are based on real human muscle contractions by taxonomy that was provided by the works of paul ekman you should check it out not just that vr has been used to study human emotion regulation participants are presented with a virtual school environment and take part in two activities with a class of students and a teacher all of whom are virtual agents and in both scenarios participants experience a potentially stressful situation and are subsequently offered emotional support by a friendly student throughout the experiment self reports in the form of virtual smiley scales and psychophysiological measurements are collected as markers of the participants emotional states thus participants are able to engage with the virtual world <laughs> form relationships with the relevant virtual agents and report emotional reactions through the use of you know smiley scales but wait that's not just it vr is also now being used as a form of therapy yes Therapy need not just be you sitting in a couch and talking. How about something more immersive? Well, virtual reality exposure therapy has been gaining traction in the recent years where treatment of phobias has become more easy as well as safe. Let's say you're afraid of snakes. The conventional exposure therapy would ex- advise you to be in the vicinity of snakes to overcome the fear, right? but that's not plausible or safe most of the times i guess all of the times a virtual reality environment that gra- that can gradually e- increase the exposure of snakes can help treat phobias in a harmless controlled and an immersive manner it can even be personalized to a different range of phobias and the intensity of the exposure can be increased or decreased based on the client in question So is VR just for you and me for just humans? Nope. But for other species it's not at all fun and games. Well, non-human primates are used in coxeye studies because of their similarity to human beings. Results from investigations on them often translate to humans, which helps us to understand deeper. about disorders and illnesses both for them as well as humans 
so an important topic studied in cognitive science is spatial navigation which is the process by we by which we use multiple cue sources such as path integration magnetic cues landmarks and beacons to determine the route to a goal and then travel to that route essentially it is the mechanism through which we acquire a mental representation of the environment studying it via research on non-human primates becomes difficult because imagine trying to get neurophysiological recordings from an ape that is in motion in such tasks even in stationary decision making tasks there are instances where they have bitten the experimenter trust us we have heard stories from our pi thus the use of virtual reality permits us to test out spatial navigation in a variety of environments with stimuli in control for non-human primates in a study six primates at leipzig zoo germany learned to navigate towards a distant virtual tree with different types of fruits underneath it even working out how to find the landmark from different starting locations they learned to recognize certain objects as landmarks and to orient and search for these when they could not see them and they flexibly adapted when food availability became less predictable though some of them were clearly faster than the others it could not have been possible to study in an environment where we just used you know 2d cues for decision making so we saw a wide variety of vr being used to help unravel the mysterious mind but is this really the real life or just a fantasy on that note signing off chetan rakshita bye bye